five years later. I'm thinking pink would be nice. Pink? Valerie glared at one eye as he walked beside her, then glanced towards Scully as he added his thoughts on the subject. Redheads don't wear pink. It don't look good. Aye, but a captain's in need of some real feminine type colours to make her look less, uh... Another glare from Valerie made the man hesitate, then murmured diplomatically, to make her look less, uh, captain-like. Sides, her hair's kind of a brown red. It might work. Forget it, Valerie snapped. I am not wearing pink. It's bad enough I have to put on a damn dress. It will not be a pink one. The two men, traversing the dark London streets with her, fell silent for a moment. Then one eye murmured, Well, what about yellow then? Yellow's real feminine. Maybe one eye, Scully interrupted, then paused in his walking. What? One eye asked irritably. He and Valerie paused too. Ain't this the place? One eye and Valerie both turned to peer up at the building they now stood before. It was small, two levels, squeezed in between two other storefronts. The building's lower windows were dark, but the upper ones were filled with the soft glow of candlelight. Aye, this is it. Them lights upstairs is where they live, one eye announced unnecessarily. Nodding, Valerie gestured toward the door and waited. Her two crewmen glanced at each other, shrugged, then charged like two bulls spotting a red cape. Her angry cry of realization was lost in the sound of splintering wood. The door caved in under their combined weight, fragments flying in every direction. Grimacing, Valerie glanced quickly up and down the street to be sure no one had witnessed the deed, then followed the men into the dark interior. Inside, she found the two lying in a tangled heap on the floor. You were supposed to knock, you blathering idiots. Well, I was waiting now, one eye sputtered, jumping to his feet and reaching up to be sure the patch that covered his missing eye was still in place. I, Scully added, regaining his feet nearly as quickly as his friend, despite his peg leg. And if that was all you were wanting, why didn't you do it yourself? Why indeed, Valerie sighed, as the sound of feet pounding down the stairs somewhere at the back of the building echoed through the quiet shop. The bright light of a lantern appeared a moment later, and Valerie stepped forward to stop her men from drawing their swords as the man carrying it paused in the entrance to the room. He was dressed in a long nightshirt. For a moment, it looked as if the man might swallow his own tongue as he took in the scene before him, and Valerie couldn't blame him. His shop was a shambles. Not only was there a great gaping hole where the door had once stood, but when that door had given way, Valerie's men had fallen inward, crashing into a table holding piles of fabric. All of these were now strewn across the floor. Added to that, the intimidating presence of three disreputable-looking characters now filled up the little space there was left in his small shop. The fellow took all this in and swayed slightly, as if he might swoon. The man's reaction was understandable, Valerie supposed with a wry grimace. 
her gaze moving over her men. She herself was small and not very intimidating. She wore a billowing white shirt, black breeches and waistcoat, boots, and a wide belt. But one eye and Scully more than made up for her, what with their own dirty, less respectable clothes, Scully's oft-broken nose and peg leg, and one eye's patch. There was a bit of a mishap with your knocker, she said pleasantly, in an effort to calm the man. He was shaking so hard that the light from his lantern was wavering, making shadows dance on the wall. One eye gave a guffaw at that, and she turned to glare at him briefly, then glanced back to the shopkeeper. Rather than appearing reassured, the man had merely stepped warily back the way he had come, looking fit to burst into a run at any moment, and most likely he'd be screaming for the authorities at the top of his lungs.